Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, We have been going through the story in our sermon series for the last couple of weeks, and to bring you up to speed, we've gone through all of Genesis. We've gone through half of Exodus, and all that to prepare us for today, when in one day, we go through a book and a half of the Bible. The second half of Exodus and all of Leviticus, all this to say we want to encourage you to read your Bible in 2019. It's the number one way God encourages us in our faith by his word. We've got reading plans for you to take. We've got reading plans on your phone. There are resources for our sermon series, The Story, in the back. You can just take one of those books. And today we'll, we'll focus in on a little bit of scripture in the story, the the paragraph that they actually kind of summarize the entire book of Leviticus in. God gives us new commands and a new covenant. And today the focus of our, our talk, the focus of our time in God's word today is that we are who God makes us to be. And, and this is true in my own life. And this is true, especially in baby Jean's life. Because baby Jean was born on the 7th of January, weighing 9 pounds and 10 ounces. He was a shuler. (laughs) You had no doubt by his blonde hair and blue eyes, the, the weightiness of him. He was exactly who God made him to be but we've learned and we've struggled in the last three weeks because he came out exactly the way he was supposed to come out. He was born exactly the way he was supposed to be born. Yet in the last three weeks, we have struggled with him to keep him at that weight, to grow like he's supposed to. And so we went to the doctors and, and we found out he had a, a tongue tie. And, and we, and, and I'm using we here as the royal we when I really mean Liz. And Liz held his face and his mouth as the doctor grabbed his tongue and cut right underneath. And the doc says, it's okay. He's screaming more because you're holding his head. And so we're, we're praying, okay, maybe this will fix. He's not eating enough. We're supplementing. The alarm's going off in the middle of the night. And we wake up and we feed the baby. Again, Liz. Liz wakes up. I wake up, I, I wake up next to her. I love you. And then I go back to sleep. Because I don't, I don't have the required equipment. Right? We are who God has made us to be. I am who God has made us to be. You are who... I'm kind of deficient in that regard. And yet we've struggled and, and alarms have woken us up and, and the baby has woken us up. And, and, and really what I, what I want to say is that sometimes in our lives, even though we are who God makes us to be, we struggle in the moment. We struggle with who God makes us to be. When God brought his people out of Egypt, he said this to them in Exodus chapter 20. He said, 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. He keeps it simple. It's the first commandment. It's really what prepared us last week to understand all who God is. And if you want to get a broader understanding of the Ten Commandments, we already did that a year and a half ago. So go online and listen to the sermon series called Perfect, and you'll hear me talk through every commandment and how we struggle with every single one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and even those commandments that are unnumbered. And yet the amazing thing is that like God's people in Exodus, we today, we say this same thing. Moses came and told all the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And I want you and me, we're going to read it together. We're going to read the bolded section. Let's read it right now. All the words the Lord has spoken, we will do. They did not. Right? The little narrator voice comes in and and tells them, no. No tells us, no. I mean, we didn't even do all the words that the Lord commanded this morning. And, and this, is, this is the summary that he gives to us in Leviticus. Leviticus 11, chapter 11, verse 44, he says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. He commands us, be holy, and it's first a commandment for you and me to keep. Be holy. And yet the problem is that each one of us, even Eugene, we cannot be holy. We fail to be holy. Isaiah 64 says we are all infected. We are all impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, even the best things we do, God tells us they are like filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. And in 2019, if there was one verse that the world might know comes from the Bible, it'd be John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not die but have eternal life. And this is... This is a continuing statement Jesus makes. He says, for God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Because we are not holy, Jesus comes to rescue us. And yet Jesus, in that same sentence, three verses later, says this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. Your works, my works, do not save us. Jesus was accused by some of the teachers of his day. Jesus was accused by the Pharisees and the Sadducees of lowering the bar, of making it easier to be saved. But Jesus actually does the opposite. Jesus raises the bar. In Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus says, don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. 
Like he doesn't just take the book of Leviticus and throw it out. He doesn't just take the book of Exodus and say, no, you don't have to worry about that. Don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He would later go on to say that if your righteousness isn't greater than the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. How are you doing with that? I mean, how's baby Gene doing with that? He has three things in life to do, and he's messing up one of them. Eat, sleep, poop, repeat. Like, are we for real? You're a baby. Just do what you're supposed to do. And even him, a baby, cannot, cannot save himself. We need God to save us. Jesus goes on in, in John 13. He sits down with his disciples and he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But far too often, face to face, we lack this love. And especially if you, if you sit down at the computer, oh, I mean, nothing will save the day more than correcting someone on social media, right? And Jesus said to them, they will know you are my disciples if you yell at each other online. No. No, if you love one another. And even this is law. This is Jesus telling us how to live. God gives us his law, and his law is good. Like, I really believe that if you want your life to be the best version of your life possible, you should do what God tells you to do. But you don't. And neither do I. Paul wrestles with this. The Apostle Paul wrote most of our New Testament. The Apostle Paul went from city to city, country to country, to share God's grace. And he says this in chapter 7 of a letter he wrote to the church in Rome. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me, through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. God gives us his law to shine a light on our lives. And Paul, Paul says, I don't understand my own actions for I don't do what I want to do, but the very thing I hate now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. So it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing dwells good dwells within me that is in my flesh. And hear this, I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. 
For I don't do the good I want, but the evil I don't want is what I keep on doing. And the parents of toddlers say, amen. I mean, think of it. The commandments, Luther tells us, the commandments direct us well, but they don't help us. They tell us what we ought to do, but they don't give us the strength to do it. I mean, we can read every single one of the Ten Commandments like we did this morning in our second reading, and we can say, yes, those are good. And then before we make it home, we can break seven of them because it's cold and the roads are slippery and getting worse and expletive. I mean... We've got no hope in our ability to do it. Paul continues at the end of the chapter. He says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he immediately gives us the answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus saves us. We are each one of us in a darkness. We are shadowed by sin and death. And Jesus is the light that shines into our lives. And how do you see in the darkness? You need a light. And, and practically, like, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to see, you should turn a light on. Amen? Yeah. So, so this week maybe last week, all the weeks are running together. In the middle of the night, as was the, the alarm to feed Eugene, Liz wakes up and she says, I've got to go feed Eugene. And she turns on the light on her cell phone and she is just kind of waving it around the bed and she's like patting the blankets and trying to find something, and I'm, I'm just kind of laying there. I say, hey, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to find something. I said, I know. What are you trying to find? She says, I'm trying to find my cell phone. <laughs> it's the middle of the night. It is the middle of the night. She doesn't want to be up. I don't want to be up. And she says, I'm trying to find my cell phone. And I said, it's in your hand. And she turned off the cell phone light and went and got the baby. But like, like you think that's funny. But like you do that every day. You do that every single day. You're like, man, how do I see in the darkness? How do I, how do I see in this sinful world? You've got the light in your hands. You've got the light in your hearts. Like you have Jesus inside of you because you've been washed from sin, death, and the power of the devil. He has claimed you as his own. Like you are his. There is nothing that you do, nothing that can be done to you that can take that light away from you. Sometimes we just need a little reminder, like, it's in your hands. It is yours. 
Jesus said to them, Jesus says to you, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How do you see in the dark? You follow Jesus. That's it. Be holy. The first word God speaks, be holy, is a commandment for us to keep. But more than that, be holy is forever God's covenant of who we are. It's who God makes you to be. The first verse I spoke to you, the second verse follows it. It sounds like God's saying the same thing twice, but there is a difference here. He says, for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. It's God who is doing the work. Paul tells us in the next chapter of Romans, God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, weakened by us, could not do by sending Jesus. And this is not only a New Testament promise, this is a promise throughout God's word. Jeremiah 31, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. In Hebrews, Christ Jesus has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old covenant because the covenant he mediates is better since it was enacted on better promises. God's promise to you in Jesus is life. And his life is the light of men. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You are who God has made you to be. You are his. And you are holy now and forever. Pray with me. Lord God, thank you for your law, which is good. Thank you for the way that you love us, that through Christ you have claimed us as your own. You command us to be holy, but then you also make us holy. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, you set us free from sin, death, and the power of the devil, and you claim us. Help us to share your love, your grace, and your mercy with our family and our friends and everyone we meet. This we pray through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.